0: Good morning, everyone. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in to our live broadcast. I'm Jason DeMars, and we're going to continue on our subject of the training of ministers. This is part eight. If you haven't watched the rest of them, that's all right. You'll still get something out of this, but um, go back. I encourage you to go back either on Facebook or YouTube, and you can watch the rest of them. Also remind you on our website, jasondemars.com, you can contact us if you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies. Um, We certainly like to pray for you, answer any any questions you have. If you're uh, listening in now, either on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, please uh, write a comment for us, greeting us, telling us where you're from. Uh, Thank you, uh, Sister Rhonda, for writing in. Sister Mai... God bless you. Um, And also remind you on our website, we have free resources. We have books. We have a DVD. We have outreach tracks that you can get there. Once again, at jasondemars.com and go to resources, place your order, um, free shipping, free books. As the Lord provides for us, we want to make the Word freely available for you. So we're going to continue here and look at... First Thessalonians, chapter two. Um, First Thessalonians chapter two, verse uh, 12. No, nope, no, no, we've left off at 12. We're going to look at verse 11. As you know, how he exhorted. And comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. So, if if you as a father, you 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 will have affection, you'll have love for your children, but the fatherly type of love that Paul is representing here, he's saying we we nursed you as a nursing mother. Also said. Um, here, as a father, we exhorted. So, um, the word "exhort" there in the Greek um, is to invoke or implore, um, to beseech. In other words, we uh, to entreat. We we're bes- we were. Uh, inviting you to walk in obedience to the Word. We are imploring you to walk in obedience to the Word. Comforted um, means to encourage or console. They gave him the comfort of the Word of God. And charged, charged means to testify or to give evidence. So as a father, these are the things that you you are called to do. For your children, exhort, comfort, and charge them. It isn't just, well, I rebuked them. I gave them a good spiritual spanking. No, it's not just that. It's also after you give them a good spiritual spanking, you give them the comfort of the Word of God. You comfort their hearts. You have compassion on them. And so he treated them as in that relationship as though that tenderness love, and desire to call them higher, to live a more godly, more consecrated life as a father would his children. And verse 12, that you would walk worthy of God, who's called you unto his kingdom and glory, that you'd walk worthy of God. So this is what he he was exhorting, comforting, and charging them to do what? To walk worthy of God who has called you unto his kingdom and glory. So that is what a father wants to see in his children's lives. He wants to see them walking worthy of the family. And here Paul is saying, I want you to walk worthy of the family that you belong to. You're part of God's family. You need to live up. To that title worthy speaks of the word appropriately so that we would walk in a appropriate way of being children of God And so that that is our purpose that is our drive as ministers as we we want to exhort comfort and and, and charge give testimony to, the people, so that they would walk worthy of God. Verse 12, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Paul's life before the people testified to the fact this isn't the word of men, this is the word of God. That is what our lives need to testify of, not only through supernatural, but through our character. The kind of character that we exemplify should exemplify that this is not the word of men, it's the word of God. And this word of God is effectually working in the people to bring forth fruit. Is your ministry, how you're preaching, how you're dealing with the people, is it bringing forth the fruit of the fact that this is the Word effectually working in believers. If, if your ministry is not producing people that <clears throat> have the Word effectually working in them, then there is a problem with your ministry. You need to get your heart right. You need to get your life right so that the Word would work in the people. All right. So, with that said, um, let's go, let's go on and let's look at First uh, Timothy and begin to look at uh, the quali- qualifications for bishop or what we would call an overseer. So, this is First Timothy chapter three, verse one. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop or overseer, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. All right, I'm going to stop there. So the overseer has to be blameless. Um, That doesn't mean he's sinless. It's not the same thing. Um, the word there is not arrested or inculpable, uh, almost as though it's saying he's not guilty. Uh, in, the, in one of the versions, it says it's not apprehended, that it cannot be laid hold of. That he, he isn't living such a sloppy, uh, ungodly life that people could, could easily place Blame and sin upon him. Not that he's sinless, but that you would look at his life and say he's living a godly life. You you can't put a huge blame on him in his life. The husband of one wife. The way this is worded in the Greek, this is, is a one woman husband. So in those in these days, uh, it was common for a Greek man, he has his wife, he has his servant girl, um, and then he goes to the temple and um, is with the prostitutes there. And so Paul is emphasizing this man is not involved in that kind of lifestyle. He has one wife, so now this would this qualification of an overseer would exclude women because a woman can't be, according to the Bible, uh, cannot be a, a husband. A woman is a woman, a man is a man. So the quali- one of the qualifications of being a, an overseer is you have to be married, and you also have to have um, only one wife. You can't be divorced and remarried, divorced and remarried, divorced and remarried. You have to have one wife. You've been faithful to to, to her and her only. And uh, not not meaning that you wouldn't have sin in your past or something like that, but since Christ has changed you, you've made everything right. Now you're fully... And completely dedicated to this one wife. Vigilant. Vigilant. The word vigilant, there in the scripture, means to be circumspect. Circumspect means uh, speaks of you uh, examining carefully. You you plot forward in your life with care, with reverence following the leadership of God, Um, very watchful and very mindful of what's going on around you. Sober, um, that means safe in mind or sound in mind or self-control. He's not quick and reactionary towards things. He's slowly moves forward, has calm, has peace, is restful, uh, doesn't overreact to situations of good behavior orderly decorous, um, even modest. So um, this speaks of you know not only the way you dress outwardly but how you order your life you're, you're careful the way you order your life careful the way you present yourself to... The public orderly uh, given to hospitality, that word means fond of guests it 's someone that opens their home that allows people to come in come into their home for fellowship, for comfort to stay there back then in those days, uh, inviting guests into your home was uh important because people didn 't have a place there there wasn't hotels and people didn't have money to do that the word um hosp- hospitality given to hospitality is philoxenos um and that means lover of guests A very interesting word lover of foreigners is what kind of what it uh <laughs> what it implies there but people that aren't don't live with you. They aren't part of your home. You invite them in and you take care of them. Apt to teach. Uh, instructive. So someone that is willing and able to teach the word of God to people. Not given to wine. Not staying near wine. Not abiding near wine. It's not some, somebody that drinks a lot. A lot of alcohol is continually staying near wine all the time, drinking, drinking, drinking. No striker, uh, the smiter, quarrelsome, someone that is always given over to fighting, arguing, fussing over things. No, they avoid fighting, they avoid struggling over things. They speak the word of God, they speak it plainly. If they need to prove their point, they'll do it, but not in an argumentative way. Uh, not greedy of filthy lucre or sordid gain. looking're looking after they're not looking for money, they're not looking for their own wealth. They're looking for the wealth of others. They're tru- you're trusting that God will provide and meet every need that you have. You're not looking to man to meet your needs. You're not saying, well, if I can get more people in my church, I'll have more tithe money. No, that's not the heart of what uh, a godly minister would have. Money is not in his mind. He knows he's entrusted to God, and God will provide for him, but patient. Um, So this word speaks of being mild, being gentle, Um, not being uh, harsh and rough, but being gentle. There's times and places we saw before as a father charges his children, but even as in in that, there's this patience that they would have with the people. Not a brawler. In other words, he's peace. He's a peaceable person. Not covetous. He's not uh, not again not greedy. Not looking for other people's goods and possessions to carry them as his own, but he's looking and simply trusting himself completely to God. So we've gone a little bit long there. I'm going to call it quits on this um, this live session. So if you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, you can contact me through any social media that you're listening to or through jasondemars.com. May God bless you.